0: And yeah, what if I tried something
1: like this, you know, a little funkiness. It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Well, probably not heavy, but... You're now listening to...
0: Hello, friends. Here we go. It's happening. We're back. Welcome to Questionable... At best, we got a lot of stuff to get through this week. Let's make it happen. Did you like? Oh, is this echoey? I am in a room in my grandma's house in Jonesboro, Tennessee, the oldest town in Tennessee. I'll have you know, and it feels a bit echoey in here. If it's a bit echoey, I apologize to you guys. Uh, you know, I'm doing the best I can with the equipment that I got. Speaking of. Doing the best I can. I hate to start with an apology. Let's start with an acknowledgement. This is what's going on, guys. For this episode, I chatted to the beautiful, the lovely, the articulate, the kind, Natalie Miller in Burlington, Vermont. We did a two-part conversation and I seem to have lost the first part of our conversation. So that really stinks. Because the first part was great, and she giggled a lot, and she has a really beautiful giggle, one of those giggles that if she is the only one giggling in a comedy room, which sometimes she is, because she gets stuff not everybody gets, she is tickled by things the general population may or may not find laugh out loud funny. It's so beautiful, you're going to hear it, you're going to hear it in this part too, but... We, we lost a bunch. We lost a bunch of stuff. I've decided to put up the second half of the conversation because there's still good nuggets in there. It's just a bit short is all you guys and a bit earnest. But you like earnest, right? We move into earnest in this podcast. Oh, and we're going to get into some earnest stuff in just a minute. So I am just acknowledging you guys. And I guess apologizing to Natalie that I lost the first part of our conversation. I guess sometimes friends just have chats about their feelings and it's not for everybody to hear. In the first part of our conversation, her husband Nathan got involved. He was in the room. Let me just tell you everything. Guys, this is Natalie Miller. She lives in Burlington, Vermont. She, on Wednesday, with the help of her husband, Nathan Hartswick, they just opened the Vermont Comedy Club. It is such a big deal. They've been working on this project for years. You're going to hear a little bit about that. But in the meantime, let me just tell you guys, go to vermontcomedyclub.com. If you are near Burlington, if you're going to be near Burlington, if you want to be near Burlington... Go to that comedy club. They just opened. It's going to be incredible. I saw it when it was still under construction, and it looked so cool. And in fact, me, myself, Deanne Smith, I'm going to be there on January 23rd and 24th, 2016. Oh, my gosh. It is coming right up, you guys. 2016? How did this happen? I still remember the party I had for the year 2K. Remember? It was Y2K. Probably some probably some of you guys don't remember. Y2K, they were worried that all the computers were going to fritz out and the world was going to collapse. I went to a party. I made some apple pies and we put 2K on the top and we and we called them pie 2K. A lot of fun. A lot of puns back in the year 2000. What else do you need to know about Natalie Miller? She's just a fantastic person, you guys, and you'll hear that for yourself. You can listen to the episode I did with her husband if you want, Nathan. Those guys, they are always hanging out together. They're running a business together. They're lovers. Sorry, I just wanted to say it that way. They're lovers. <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking because they're going to hear this. It's going to get weird. Lovers. Listen back to Nathan Hartswick episode if you want. It's a pretty great one. That is episode number 45. We were drinking whiskey, I believe, and just having a good chat. Natalie and I had such a good chat too, and I am... I do feel bad that I lost the first half of it, you guys. But what are you going to do? Putting up the second half? We're dealing with what we've been given here, huh? Or what we still have left. I think it's about finding acceptance and imperfection. That's how I'm justifying all of this. And it's still valuable. It's still worth it. You guys are going to be glad that you heard it. What else is going on? Oh, guys, and we have so much to get through this week. I told you during the intro last week for the Solomon and Smith stand-up special which i hope you enjoyed did you did you hear me taking my time pronouncing it right there that is a tongue twister solomon and smith kick it stand up special i hope you guys enjoyed that one if you didn't enjoy it if you did if whatever you can always hit me up guys deanne at nomoradio.com give me your feedback tell me what's going on and speaking of feedback how good was that segue you guys speaking of feedback this is what we're doing This week. So maybe it's just as well that Natalie's episode is a bit short because we have plenty of time to get into the listener feedback. Let's start with Cleo. Let's start with Cleo. Cleo, you goddamn cutie. I'm just going to read this whole thing. It's very exciting, you guys. So here we go. Just writing you a little message here to let you know that I love the podcast. Appreciate it, Cleo. I've been listening to it for ages now, and not only is it hilarious and amazing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Aw. Hey, guys. I didn't mean to just read compliments to myself. I was, I was just going to read this whole thing. Just recently, I realized that it helped me discover a lot of things about myself. By the magic of podcasting, I think you, Deanne, helped me realize that I'm gay. Bing! That's me adding that bing noise. She didn't add the bing noise. Bing! My brand new girlfriend and I thank you for that. Well, you guys are welcome, you lovers. (laughs) I I can't stop doing it. I don't know exactly how, but I think the open conversations you and the other guests have on the podcast are you gay? Are you gay? Really helped me realize that about myself. Are you gay? The podcast awoke the real me. Are you gay? Now I'm, quote, crushing mad puss. Life is amazing, and I thank you for that. Are you gay? Yeah, well, I don't know what it was either. It could be the subliminal messages in the podcast. No, but that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you got that amazing gift out of the podcast, Cleo. You're gay. Congratulations. Very fun. Um, I also want to say to all my non-gay listeners, congratulations to you too. Everyone should just do what they want. Crush whatever they want. She made a reference to crushing mad puss. I don't know if I have made that reference on this podcast, but I do mention it in my live standup. Have you seen my live standup, Cleo? What's going on? Very exciting. You wrote crush mad puss and you put The S's with dollar signs. Adorable. And then Cleo says, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for the podcast. Keep doing it and I'll keep listening to it. Sweet. Cleo, I'm not even writing you back because I'm going to take you at your word that you are listening. And hopefully this is a bit of a bonus for you and your new girlfriend. This is so exciting. Thank you for writing me. That meant a lot to me. I showed it to my girlfriend and we both were like, aww. So thanks. The loop of gayness continues. But if you're not gay, that's cool too. Okay. And then... Here is Cass. Cass writes in every once in a while. You guys, Cass gives me big updates about their life, her life, their life. I don't know. I'm going to say they. Cass gives me big updates about their life. And I don't always write back because these are intense. These are intense, but I do I do take them in. I read them. I enjoy them. I just can't The thing is, Cass, if I respond, I'm going to respond line by line and then we're going to start exchanging novels and I don't think either one of us have time for that. But I'll read you guys this from Cass's email. This is fun. Because I mentioned last week that there was something problematic in Steph Tolev's episode for some people. So Cass wrote, I'm curious about someone's reporting of a problematic podcast. Topics, stories, verbiage? I have yet to be offended. That's great, Cass. I think weirdos and non-weirdos alike approach people who have kind eyes. Ah, yes, that was the topic in Steph Tollev's podcast, uh, Why Do You Attract Weirdos? That's my theory, she says. My internet did crap out a number of times during my listen of Tollev's podcast, so maybe there was something, and then all caps here, hugely offensive and problematic, I missed, winky face. I will say that due to my strange former job working as a bio- at a bioacoustic place. Very exciting, Cass. What is that? My ears do notice something about Steph's voice. I think she sounds like her liver function might not be great. I don't know. I kind of hate hearing this stuff because then I'm like, Egh, it's none of my business. I shouldn't say anything. But if it were me, maybe I would want to know, you know, and I could prevent it from getting worse by getting me to a doctor. Oh, well, I could be totally wrong anyway, she says. So she posits it, she diagnoses Steph via her voice, and then she goes, I don't know. I don't know if I should pass that along to Steph. I will say she's a comic. She's probably a drinker. Well, I know she's a drinker. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say you're not wrong about her liver function. It's probably working double time. But I think she just has a deep voice. She's a great voice, man. Guys, if you haven't listened to Steph Tolev's podcast, get back there. Let it happen for yourselves. Cass also said that in the stand-up episode... She says my voice changes when I'm in front of an audience, and it hits a C note, which is a note of ego. And she said that that's fitting. So I'm going to take your word for it, Cass. Take your word for all of it. What do I know? Thanks for writing, Cass. Okay, guys, and now here we are getting into it. I don't know if I should read, should I read all of this to you guys? And if you think I'm speeding through this intro, I kind of am because it's really long already. And I am sitting, like I said, in a room in my grandmother's house in Jonesboro, Tennessee. It is about 70 degrees Fahrenheit outside. And I want to get out there and get into it. It is so sunny and so beautiful out there. Jonesboro, Tennessee is an adorable little town. I'm going to cruise on down to their main street, probably pick up a few used books. You know how I do it, guys. You know how I do it. Anyway, it's so beautiful and I want to get out there. I want you guys to get out there too. Listen to this podcast for sure, however you normally listen to it, and then take a walk or take a walk right now. Do whatever you do, but get out there and take a walk. Natalie and I talked about the importance of that, and I want to get in there. Okay, but anyway, let's get going. Here we go. So how do we get into this? I got a tweet from MK a couple weeks ago after Steph Tolev's podcast saying that they had written me like a 3,000-word email and then deleted it, and I invited them to go ahead and tell me what was going on because I didn't know what could have been wrong with Steph Tolev's podcast, what could have offended anybody. And I think that this is really interesting, you guys. On one hand, we could maybe say that MK is being too sensitive because that's an easy thing to say about people that have problems when other people don't. But I think MK raises some really interesting points. I would love to talk about this with someone so I guess I'm just talking about it with you. If you guys have feedback, if you want to get involved in the conversation, create a conversation, email me at DN at com. I also think there's still a place for comments on the No More Radio website where you are seeing this podcast. So get in there. We used to have conversations in the comments board, and that's kind of faded away. Let's get into it. I think I'm just going to read this whole thing. It is pretty long, but MK put the time and energy into writing it, and I think we all should hear it. Okay, so here we go. Here's MK. What a darling. What a sweetheart. Hi, Deanne. I'm not sure how to start this email. As you saw already, I deleted the original message I was going to send you. I think maybe, and this is probably as much my own life experiences coloring everything that I heard as much as it was the actual content of the conversation. I felt that this week's podcast had me in need of some kind of aftercare. And unfortunately, that came in the form of a long winded and maybe at times more hostile than it needed to be emailed to you. And then they put in parentheses, not to Steph, because you're like my super approachable, fun, queer, Canadian (laughs) ma'am. I don't know what that means. And Steph kind of intimidates me. Fair enough. Basically, once I had written it, I read it over and thought, is this going to do more harm than good? And I decided to scrap it. Why say in this many words what I could probably manage in a series of tweets? I really respect you and the content you create, and I really don't want to upset you. But I guess maybe I owe it to you now to provide some sort of explanation instead of some passive aggressive, emotionally charged tiny chunks of thought on Twitter. Okay, let me interject to say I am already loving MK. This is a very kind and thoughtful way of writing and I am always responsive to this. Good job, MK. So here we go. So Steph said a couple of things during your podcast that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I feel like maybe I need to edit a lot of what I want to say because I don't want to be airing out and talking through the things that upset me as opposed to being direct and giving you or Steph any productive feedback. So first of all, the, and then here we have in quotes, weirdo. And I'm trying not to find fault with that word and how problematic it is because I don't want to feel like a social justice warrior parody. In the bar who approached Steph... First of all, the weirdo in the bar who approached Steph and called her out on using words like crazy and insane was, in my opinion, completely spot on. And I feel like he needs to be given credit to be able to go up to someone who was obviously as confident, abrasive, loudly spoken, and frankly intimidating as Steph and call her out on what she was saying. Because I know if I was in his situation, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And for Steph to completely shut him down and respond with dismissal and complete immaturity left me with a bad taste in my mouth. I'm just going to interject and say that I can see the point that MK is making, but I also feel like, I don't know, as a woman in a bar, just being approached by some dude who has an opinion on what you're saying, that itself is problematic, right? This is raising all my feminist hackles. Is that a phrase? Okay, back to MK's email. As someone who is literally insane... It really, truly upsets me when I hear people call themselves and other people crazy, insane, a lunatic, a nutjob, etc. as a way of characterizing abnormal or unacceptable behavior. It's a form of ableism, and it's one that's so prevalent in society that I feel, quote, overly PC for trying to point it out. But using words like that when you mean things like over-the-top, problematic, wrong, illogical, irrational, uninformed, nonsensical, mistaken, etc., is reinforcing the stigma of mental illness and in the same way, 10 years ago, bad, wrong, and silly things were called gay. Yes. The words crazy and insane are being bastardized in everyday conversation at the expense of actually mentally ill people. It wasn't so much the actual misuse of them in this podcast. Hey, everyone slips up, especially with words that have been part of everyday casual language for most of their lives, but the way Steph responded to the man who tried to correct her and then the way she relayed the story to you and then the way you both reacted to the whole thing. Ah, hey everybody. I am reading this email and my inflection is not always spot on. So I apologize for that, but we're, we're getting through this. It really upset me that the guy in the bar Someone who has probably seen firsthand and in a really devastating way how mental illness can affect people, not only people, but kids, who not only have to cope with a mental illness, but have to learn about and deal with the stigma of being, quote, real life crazy. Okay. MK, my inflection is weird because you're not always using complete sentences, but that's okay. That is not a problem, right? I'm not here to tell you how to use complete sentences. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out this email. Okay. It's bad enough having to have the consequences of insanity in your life, but when you hear someone in a bar yelling about how things are crazy and insane and how their coworker is a certified nut job and how if they have to work overtime again they'll be taken to an asylum, it really adds insult to injury. I could totally see that, MK. Okay, guys, here I'm gonna skim because actually this email is twice as long as I thought it was, and I am not doing the best job of reading it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to, or even if I want to talk about why or how the other parts of the podcast upset me so much, but I feel like Steph attracts weirdos because she has no fucking concept of when a situation is and is not dangerous. I think that that may be true, MK, but I think also, I mean, I would expect that she is exaggerating for comedic effect. You know, MK says, I mean, there was probably about 10 separate times during the weed in the basement with the smelly guy story where I was like, oh my God, that's awful. Then you left, right? But no, she just got deeper and deeper into that shit. Basically, during the entire story, I was screaming like I was watching a horror movie and the victim was going up the stairs where the killer was. Maybe I'm just coming from a place where I need to be hyper vigilant about where I am and who I'm with because there's never going to be a point where I'm like, yeah, I could probably take him. I'm 5'7", very femme and weigh like 120 pounds. I don't know. I got the feeling from the podcast that maybe Steph, maybe Steph is the weirdo and the stories that she's told went from bothering, bothering me to like deeply disturbing me. Like Steph just sort of steamrolled her way past all the points in the stories where I would have been like, and then this is all caps, this is an emergency level of danger I am in. I must go. It really freaked me out. And then, and there's more. I think this is completely fair. Okay. Completely fair. And then MK just ended in a lovely way. I hope this email makes sense. I want you to see that I don't see what happened on last week's podcast as a reflection of your views on mental illness and you are under no obligation to reply or justify yourself I just feel like not voicing my thoughts would have generated some really uneasy feelings, which would have prevented me from enjoying your content in the future. Oh man, MK, you're cool. MK's cool, guys. Thanks for writing. I think MK raises some really interesting and valid points about the word crazy and how we all use it. As someone who's interested in language, I'm wondering if the word has been so appropriated and has become such a part of the common lexicon to mean all sorts of things that aren't specific, as MK pointed out, that maybe we just have to let that word go. Maybe it doesn't refer to literally insane anymore or mentally ill people, right? Crazy. Oh, it's it's such an interesting word. And I think I even use it in this podcast. I rely on it a lot, I think. And it can mean so many different things, right, guys? It can mean actually crazy. It can mean good. It can mean bad. It's one of those filler words that I think we all rely on. But I will endeavor to be more specific with my language, because I, I just love the idea that MK says we're, we're using crazy when we mean things like over the top, problematic, wrong, illogical, irrational, uninformed, nonsensical, mistaken, etc. So I'm going to do my best when I mean those things to say those things. Crazy? I think I'm only going to use it to mean good stuff. How about that? Fun stuff. Is that allowed? Is that okay? I think so. Anyway, guys, feel free to get back at me. Deanne, com. So we've done it we're processing some of the listener feedback. It's it's happening out there you guys. You maybe don't realize this, but you are a vibrant and a weird community. And I will say weird because I I think that's a compliment. You weirdos. Let's get into it. Let's listen to Natalie. Let's listen to Natalie. I'll see you guys again after. So, <laughs> anxiety. This, let's uh, talk about it. Yeah, again. let's talk about it again. We we took a quick break yesterday. We were talking about Nathan dying and then uh, <laughs> We all had to go, not in a death sense, but just in a get to an improv rehearsal sense. Yes. And as I came back to pick up with you again, you were just sitting here telling me other things you're worried about. Yeah. What are you so worried about? Everything.
1: It really is. It's really funny and sad Um, (laughs) and embarrassing. Um, We're just like, we're hiring, we're hiring for the club and we are getting so many great Resumes and applications coming in for all the different positions, and I was just saying that you know we don 't have time to interview everyone, so we have to limit it somehow, but then there's a part of me that 's like, "Oh, but what if the one person who 's right right at that cutoff who we don 't call in would have been the best person, and we 're not even seeing them
0: right and Is this a worry that 's going to stress you out for a while? Is it one that you 're going to think about for a while, or is it just like okay, in this moment? You understand that you can't th- see everybody. So you're stressed out about that, but you'll let it go. I think, I think that I'll let it go. Okay.
1: Unless there's someone particular, if if there's like a person, like one particular resume that's like nagging me, then I'll probably just end up calling them in for an interview and mm-hmm. they're probably not going to be good. <laughs> and, then, and then it'll be, I'll have wasted an hour of my life or more really. If you think about all the time that I spent thinking about it Yeah, and the interview. But Yeah, it's hard. Like we we've had to make so many decisions doing like throughout this whole process. And at first we like I really was agonizing over every single decision because Mm -hmm. of that, because of that, you know, spiral, the negative spiral of like, okay, well, I have to choose between these two things that are almost exactly the same. But if I choose the wrong one, then everything's going to explode. And now we have such we have so little time between now and when the club opens that we just have to make decisions and i don't i don't even get the time to think about it at all right so it's just like yeah do that
0: would you say In any way, do you trust yourself more to
1: make these decisions? No, I don't think so. No, you just have no because now my now my logic is okay. Well, I just have to make a decision. I'll make a decision. Usually, if there's like any kind of contract involved, like with credit card processing or anything like that, there's like a year contract. So it's like okay, well, I just have to make a decision. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to become a genius about credit card processing overnight. Right. But worst case scenario which it's not a good fit. And then in a year we'll just change to a different company. So that's the, that's kind of like where I'm at now is instead, I still am not trusting myself that I'm making the right decision, but I, but the stakes are lower in a way you just realize that
0: maybe it's not a life or death thing. It doesn't matter
1: quite as much. Well, that's what, you know, my therapist always talks about having like an escape plan that a lot of anxiety, um, yeah. Anxiety comes from heightening things and from feeling trapped. So mm-hmm. like social anxiety is the same. Like when I go to a, you know, if I have to go to like a, a business mixer, that is my ultimate. I, I, I hate <laughs> it so much. Um, it makes me super uncomfortable. And so always having like an escape plan, mm-hmm. which, um, you can like just write on a piece of paper and put it in your pocket and carry it around and just know that it's there. It's the same with the medication. She said that a lot of people with anxiety actually are, um, like a lot of people with anxiety don't like medication. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like a common combination of things, but that once you get the pills, You carry them around with you and your anxiety attacks are usually cut at least in half just knowing that you have a solution, like Mm -hmm. knowing you have something there that like if something starts happening, you can take one of them and you'll feel better.
0: That would help a lot. Yeah, it would cut into that kind of negative spiral. Right. So the kind of medication, I don't know anything about it. So it's the sort of thing, it's, it's quick acting and it's meant to be taken like when you feel on the verge of a panic attack. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I mean...
1: Yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that it's the right thing for me. And actually, that like I, I think I need to go back and try like a, a Xanax or something like that just to see how yeah. that is. Because I don't, I, I want to be able to function in my day to day, and that's why I, that's why I got it in the first place. So if it just knocks me out immediately, like and I just fall asleep, then it, it doesn't really help me continue my day as a normal person. <laughs> yeah. I still have to, I still have that nap in the middle of the day, which is not. You know, I nap in the middle of the day anyway. But it's great though. It's actually it's
0: meant to be great for our brains and everything. Don't feel bad. To nap? Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel bad about napping.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I feel like the club is a completely reasonable thing to maybe not worry about, but at least be completely obsessed with. Yeah,
1: I mean there's no I mean that's the other thing is that there's really been no room for anything else. Mm -hmm. So when I first Like when I first started going to my therapist, she was like, so what do you do in a week for yourself? Oh, there's no time. And I couldn't name anything. Right. Um, We would. It was only when I started doing that, that I started like taking walks in the middle of the day, like leaving the house. I would be, I think for probably two, like two months every day, I would just be in the house or in a bar working or add an open mic or something, which is which yeah. is also working. I've seen what so. you do.
0: You get up, you get straight to work, you're on the computer, you're taking care of business. Yeah. And then it's time to go to a show or produce a show or get out there, put yeah. the computer down, go out and do that. Yeah. It's not healthy. And like we weren't even I mean, we would forget we forget to eat.
1: Yeah. There's just so much to do. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think trying to keep in perspective two things. One, that there's there are always going to be things to do. Mm-hmm. It's never, you never get everything done. That's the thing. So the feeling that like, the feeling like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do these five things before the end of the day. Great. Set those goals. But if you don't, if you don't complete one of the five things, you just do it the next day because there are always, there are always so many things to do. It's never done.
0: Yeah. I was I was just going to say, that's the thing about being self-employed. Right. It, it's never ending. No. It's, it's infinite work. You mm-hmm. couldn't. Literally always be working you could always be working, yeah, and we were,
1: and that was so we're trying to work on that a little bit, of course, now, with only six weeks left, there are a ton of things that ha that, like there is a there's a time limit, and if yeah. they don't get done, then we're you know we're up shit creek, but then the other thing that I think has been helpful to me is this idea that um that it's not life or death. Like that was, it was to the point where every, every time something went wrong mm-hmm. or every time I had a a bad meeting or every time I didn't complete something that I wanted to complete in a day, it was a huge, it was like a huge problem. And so the, the telling myself over and over again that like bad things have happened plenty of times and nothing bad actually comes from that. Like what I would consider a bad thing mm-hmm. could happen. So like not finishing a task, I've never died right. from not finishing a task. The project is still moving forward. Even though so many times I would say this didn't get done. Everything's going to fall apart. Or if I don't do this, if I don't get this done by the end of the day, everything's going to fall apart. That's mm-hmm. just not the reality of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is taking things to another level, but I experienced something like that in February when my mom died. I had this huge to-do list. You know, I was going to Australia, getting ready to tour, had to finish writing a show, all these things, giant to-do list. And then this had this big, you know, life interruption. At the same time, my computer died, which oh, is yeah, like really puts a yeah, wrench in the yeah, works. Yeah. So there's like a month where all the stuff that was piling up, I just didn't do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it did not greatly affect my life in the long run, you oh. know? Okay, so maybe the show wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be or a few little to-do things just didn't get done. Maybe, you know, maybe I missed a few gigs here and there. I mean, in terms of like future opportunities, mm. we want to book you for this. Oh, sorry, I never wrote back to your email. But in the grand scheme, I realized that it really didn't matter. And that was a huge life lesson for me who who also feels like, oh, like encroached upon by this growing to-do list. Yeah, And sometimes you can just take that walk in the afternoon or take a nap or right. not do two of those things. And it really doesn't matter.
1: Well, and it makes you like, it makes you more productive if you're eating right. And you're exercising frequently and you're getting outside and getting out in the sun. Like the, your quality of work is better mm-hmm. than if you're just locked in your house all the time. But yeah, like nothing happened, nothing bad happened. Do you still feel that way though? And like, like, do you still, do you still <laughs> ever, 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 Or uh, that's not what I wanted to ask, I guess. I guess the question is in the middle of that month, did you feel bad about it in the like in the moment?
0: There was too much else to feel bad about. Yeah. You know, I I did feel a certain amount of what's the word justification, I guess, and not Mm -hmm. getting stuff done. It was like, okay, I had this huge life event. This is the one and only time my mom's going to die. It's a really big deal. And yeah, I can't do all these things. I can't get back to you on this. I can't. Mm polished this song and put it in my new show plus it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. and i think i have carried forward that idea just in terms of striving for more life balance yeah. as you say so it's not all about work 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 mm-hmm. but it is about taking that break making sure i'm taking time to see friends and mm-hmm. all the things that you were just saying that sounds so basic but i feel like a lot of people forget
1: yeah i think especially especially self-employed people mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs small business owners like a year ago or six months ago if you had if you had come here and been like oh why don't you invite a bunch of your friends and we'll go to a bar i probably would have started crying because (laughs) i we don't like we i wasn't prioritizing connecting with with people. Mm-hmm. And so I would have been like, I don't have any friends.
0: Here. <laughs> hey, well, we know. went out to a bar last anyone. night with some friends. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was fun. That was fun. And even, even, you know, the relationship with Nathan, like we're lucky. A lot of people say like, Oh, I, I don't know how you guys can work together and be married and be together all the time. And there was like a really long period of time where we would be working at our desks, which are facing each other And hours and hours and hours and hours would go by in the morning Mm -hmm. and it would be maybe maybe by two o'clock in the afternoon, we would look up and make eye contact and be like, oh, this is the first time we've connected and made eye contact all day. Really? Yeah. So we're trying, we're trying to like get better at that too. So that when we get up in the morning, we have some time to talk to each other, like when we're eating breakfast or something where we're not talking about business and we're connecting. Mm -hmm as humans instead of work robots which is what it it feels like a lot of the time
0: it's hard not to talk about business like even i in the two days i've been here i've been talking to you guys about business a lot because i've been genuinely curious and there's so much to talk about well and it's also is like it's
1: the same with comedy like there i mean it is comedy but it what i'm saying is that like when it's when your job is also what you love Mm mm-hmm more than anything else like that's what you want to talk about Mm -hmm. like why would we talk about anything other than comedy (laughs) that's what we like that's why we're doing this yeah yeah i don't even know that i could that's that's another that's another horrible thing like i don't i don't know that i could have a an intelligent conversation about something else i haven't read a book in a really long time like Mm -hmm. i don't
0: that's okay not everybody has been Not everybody can launch a comedy club. It's a really big deal. And it does take all of your time and energy. I'm going to gently suggest to you that you don't (laughs) judge yourself so much. I know. You keep saying stuff like, that's a horrible thing. And
1: (laughs) and I I can only gently
0: suggest this because that is like what I am personally working on right now as well. So I can hear that sort of thing. Yeah. A, A minute ago, I wondered if we're stumbling upon, we were talking about how when you're self-employed, there's always work to do. Talking about this growing to-do list. And I think that's in part our culture now because yeah. of the internet and connectivity and this idea of working 24-7. Everybody's expected to answer emails immediately, yeah. constantly be available. I think it's really unhealthy.
1: It's super unhealthy. That's something that I read about a lot online, like business Look, you magazine reading? and Forbes Forbes and stuff. Yeah, business-related <laughs> things. But like a lot of European countries actually have a cutoff mm-hmm. like they don't do work past 6 p.m. period you don't send business emails past 6 p.m. It's so smart and um and there was a a really interesting article which I can't remember what it's called now but it was about how it's a trap the whole like oh I'm so busy like that's the thing that people say like mm-hmm. how, how are you how are you doing oh we're so busy and that's I mean that's what we say too but it's become such a such like a bragging right to mm-hmm. be busy And that's not necessarily a good or healthy thing to say. But in American culture, it is. It's like, oh, if you're busy, then you're successful. Yeah. And if you're not busy, then you're not successful.
0: To me, my personal idea of a successful life, and this is really just for me and what I like, but it is the ability and time within any day, honestly, to just take a stroll, to read in the park, to have genuine leisure time mm-hmm. that's not about being busy to me that's a high quality of life yeah That
1: i would like that too we did i mean we just got a dog
0: oh yeah your met, dog we have to talk about the
1: dog that was something that like i've wanted a dog forever and we've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off saying like oh it's not the right time we're way too busy to have a dog it just got to a like i got to a breaking point where i was like i need to i have to have a dog mm-hmm. right now um And so we got the
0: dog. I I want them to know about your breaking point. Your breaking point was it got to we are looking at pictures of dogs online. When your friends would get dogs and put it on Facebook, you would cry. Cry for hours. (laughs) Hours. Hours. I didn't know that.
1: Um, So it was it was a long time. I've never had a dog my whole life. I I. For a little while, when I lived in New York, I was a dog walker and a pet sitter. Oh, I didn't know that. I wanted, I just have always wanted to be around dogs and I've never felt like I could have a dog. And so we finally were just like, okay, well, there's never going to be a good time. So we're going to get a dog now because I can't function anymore without a dog. And it's been the best thing because we have to take her to the dog park and Mm -hmm. take her for walks and take her, you know, around the neighborhood in the middle of the day, multiple times and We're actually meeting new people that are not in the comedy community, which is really super rare, Mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Like, it's fun. It's fun to have something to talk about other than the club, too, because that's like when we bump into people we know on the street, they're always like, oh, how's the club? But Mm -hmm. now people are asking about the... It's like a (laughs) 50-50. They might ask about the club, but they also might ask about the dog. And it's nice to just talk about something other than work. Um, And
0: she's so... She's so sweet and nice. She's awesome. She's a little bundle of love. Her name is Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Her little tag actually says Tina Fey. Yeah. And oh, I wanted to tell... It's kind of creepy.
1: It's a little creepy, maybe. No, it's not creepy. And
0: I wanted to tell them that this is how much Natalie loves dogs in general, guys. (laughs) We were hanging out the other day and just kind of, you know, gazing at Tina, loving Tina. And then she (gasps) smelled her head and was like, I I love dog smell. (laughs) (laughs) So you're all very lucky to have found each other, I think. Yeah, she's she's very sweet.
1: But she's been great at like normalizing our schedule from insane 24-hour a day work robots mm-hmm. to like half humans.
0: You probably initially started treating her better than you were treating yourselves.
1: Oh, I absolutely treat her better <laughs> than I treat myself. Yeah, which is it does make you look at how you've been doing things. Within the first couple of days, Nathan and I had this conversation It was just like, we're, we were destroying ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need, you just need to come out of it for a minute to, to, and look at it from the outside. Yeah. Um, That happens sometimes when we get sick. If we get sick, we get really sick because it's our body's way of telling us like, you need to stop. And then usually for a week or two afterwards, we can be a little bit more healthy with our work habits. And then we just go back into, we backslide a little bit. But
0: we're talking a bit about lifestyle habits. Are Mm -hmm. there other things that you do to manage your anxiety?
1: I should, there are things that I would like to do that I should be doing. I used to, um, a long time ago I did, I did yoga for like a year Mm -hmm. and it was super helpful. Really? And then I moved and then I stopped doing it. And I haven't done it since then. And I think I was telling you about how like something that's new, like new places or new things. Right. Even though I've, I did yoga for a long time somewhere else, starting it in a new place causes me to have anxiety. And it's the same with dance classes. I used to dance. Yeah. And um, I've been talking about taking a drop in ballet class for three years. <laughs> And every time I think about going, I make excuses for myself of Mm -hmm. why I'm not going to go. And the only excuse is that I'm super nervous about doing it.
0: Yeah. I mean, confronting that initial uncomfortableness. What's Mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for? Confronting that initial discomfort. exactly. (laughs) Um, Uncomfortableness, the T. That's really challenging. Mm -hmm. And then usually, I mean, you find once you get there, like once you
1: get to the thing that you're anxious about doing, it, I would say probably like 70% of the time for me, I will see that it's fine and then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And then 30% of the time I show up and it's not fine um, for whatever reason. But 30% is,
0: is pretty high. Not to yeah, up your anxiety no, here. No,
1: I know. I know that. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that I do i do crossword puzzles every once in a while that's great i used to
0: do them a lot why are you giggling do you feel like i that's just think nerdy? it's nerdy yeah, <laughs> yeah it's super it's nerdy, nerdy but you super don't know, nerdy you don't know who you're talking to right now so I serious nerds. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: crossword puzzles we watch i mean we watch tv which pr- i don't think actually helps it probably makes it worse depending on what you're watching maybe. Um, are you watching we, things
0: that make you anxious no,
1: no, I can't. Okay. I don't do that. Oh, we haven't even talked. We haven't even opened that can of worms. <laughs> but no, we watch. We have like our programs like, yeah. you know, like old people do. No, we um, we watch. We used to watch The Colbert Report and The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. And now those are both off the air. But we watch um, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. And we watch... Like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's all like comedy yeah. shows. I, I can't th- watch scary things or suspenseful things. Yeah,
0: we were talking about this. Yeah. Um, you said that you kind of feel
1: Yeah, I the feel violence. the pain of yeah. the person who's getting hurt. Like if someone's getting strangled on TV, I feel like I'm getting strangled. It's a weird thing. It's a thing.
0: I know. I recently I, read that and it made me feel so much better and yeah. slightly... I guess the word isn't normal, but just like there's other people. There's like other that. people like me. Yeah, I can't watch violent stuff because mm-hmm. I feel it too. It's like ugh, I get really like squeaky in my body, and yeah. I just don't want to see it. Tense. Yep. Yeah.
1: Totally. So that goes with. I mean, there doesn't even need to be any violence. It's just. It's like the threat of violence. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that is an adaptive human trait. I think it's good that we mm-hmm. don't want to see other humans in distress. Yeah. Right. It's kind of yeah. T a lot of
1: TV is so super violent now.
0: I've never It's not even, appealing. I'm, I don't know why people like it. Yeah, me neither. I've never even gotten into Game of Thrones ever. I haven't even seen one scene of it just because I know that people yeah. say it's really violent. Yeah,
1: that's exactly. So everyone everyone's talking about how great it was and then one of my friends was like you should not watch that show yeah. at all.
0: Well, that's the conversation. We would
1: not Ooh. We would not. I feel like it's the same thing like like Romans used to go to the Coliseum oh, and watch yeah. people get eaten <laughs> yeah, alive. We like we would that. be, we would not be about that. <laughs> but so many people were all about it. Yeah. I think that that's like, it is there's, there's, I would say probably the majority of people have that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like I want to watch something die. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I
0: don't understand I want to watch it. something I die. I want to watch something die. I think sports have taken the place. This is sidetracking, yeah. but of the Coliseum days. Yeah. It's like, yeah, my guys, your
1: probably, guys. Probably for the best. I mean, you know, it's just switching like lions eating someone to traumatic brain injuries. Totally. <laughs> of,
0: <laughs> oh, of
1: Men tackling each other and getting traumatic brain injuries. Mm-hmm. But we
0: should probably think about wrapping this up. Yes, we should. I want to do a fun exercise with you um, that I think is fun. Maybe uh, it's not at okay. all. I want you to quickly list 10 separate <laughs> things. Like if I say, what are you so worried about? I want you to go bam, 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 bam sure things that we haven't already talked about can can include things we've talked about but i just want you to list them because i think it'll be
1: fun oh god okay (laughs) we're gonna try my brain i can already feel my brain shutting down at the challenge at the challenge of this nope but we're gonna do it i'm ready okay what are you so worried about dying alone yes Um, Oh, you're not going to ask me every time I just need to list as many Okay, dying alone (laughs) Um, People are talking about me behind my back um, That my house is going to burn down When we're not here And all our animals are going to die in the house And we're not going to no, and have time to save them um that the plane that we're going on next week is going to crash that um the business is going to go under and we're going to be in debt for the rest of our lives and not be able to pay our bills and go to jail um that see how far down the, the rabbit <laughs> hole it goes it's not just we're going to be in debt there's more to it uh that we're gonna uh there was a there were a couple years ago like three four years ago when we first were self-employed there was a winter when we couldn't pay our bills and we couldn't afford to <gasps> eat and so that is always a constant fear that we're gonna somehow end up back in that place um that my parents are getting older and they're gonna be sick and mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to take care of them or something um oh, i don't is, know this is this good is, that you're struggling that was only yeah. about
0: seven, though.
1: Yeah. Maybe you don't even have 10 things you're worried about. I don't know about that. But <laughs> cars, riding in cars, car accidents. That's like a constant, constant worry of mine. But yeah, I think there's a lot of um, there's like a lot of those things, too, are insecure, like insecurity things that like people are talking about me behind my back kind of thing. Yeah, I think I have a lot of that I as think well. You
0: can assume that people are talking. Oh, about yeah. You behind your back. It's probably mostly good. And when it's bad or negative, yeah. who cares? Fuck the haters, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it is like that, you know, when the like YouTube comments or Facebook comments oh where it's gosh. like there are 500 positive comments yes. and there's one negative comment and that's the one that replays in your head over and over again because that's what people do to themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst. Yeah. We're the worst to ourselves. <laughs>
0: Hey, that seems like a good place to end. <laughs> yeah, great. All right. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for having me. Summer,
1: fall, winter spring. It's always good to
0: learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter spring. It's always good to learn a thing.
1: Okay, what are you going to teach us? Okay, so I grew up in a part of Vermont called the Northeast Kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's the nickname of the area. And uh, there's like the Kingdom Trails there. It's a really lovely place. And everyone always is like, why is it called the Northeast Kingdom? And the reason it's called the Northeast Kingdom is because back in you know the 1920s or 30s, I believe, there was a car salesman who was basically ran promotions to try to get people to come to his car dealership and that was where the Northeast Kingdom was coined because he wanted he wanted more people to come to the area to buy cars out, out of his car dealership and so now it just stuck and so it's called the Northeast Kingdom.
0: How did that happen though? He
1: s- just started it? He just started it. Like, he just started calling that con- area of the state the Northeast Kingdom and it's stuck and now that's what everyone... That's amazing. It. Was there so, any- you would think it was like a political thing mm-hmm. or a, a town wide thing. <laughs> like a and it was just. Thing.
0: From when Vermont had from, a king. Right, exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. But it's not as just a marketing ploy by a car salesman.
0: Oh, my goodness. And are there any jingles associated, associated with the Northeast Kingdom that you know or remember? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay, here you are on the spot. Can you make one up? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> jingles about the Northeast Kingdom because don't you think the car sa- salesman would have had a jingle like come to the Northeast Kingdom buy a car
1: <laughs> well a better <laughs> that's one pretty, that's pretty good actually that's pretty good I don't I don't know okay no we've done I it can't. we've done it the that's, Northeast that's Kingdom. my that's my learn a thing I wish I knew more about that stop it <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> you're perfect you're perfect Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) So there we have it, you guys. That was the podcast. What are you so worried about? Let me know at Deanne and com. Are you guys taking yourselves for walks? Are you eating well? Are you doing all the things that Natalie suggested? I think you should do that. Do that. And let's also thank everybody that makes this podcast possible. Paula Flalo, Mike Carrozza, Charlie Sneaker, Patrick World, you guys and me I'm alright if you love the podcast why don't you head over to iTunes hit it with a 5 star rating do any of that stuff what else could happen if you're in Montreal and you want to come to my live album recording and you should it's at Theatre St. Catherine December 9th and 10th go to theaterstcatherine.com get some tickets make it happen for yourselves meanwhile have a great week you guys I'll see you next week